This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. A program for and about America's 78 million baby boomers. Here's your host, Freddie Bell. Hi, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and welcome to New Beginnings. We'll talk to Libel Sternbach this week. Also, Joe McKenzie is here. We'll look at what happened this week and also share today's words to the wise. You're listening to New Beginnings, and our program is underway right now. Joining us right now is an individual who's no stranger to our airways. He is with AARP Minnesota, is the Associate State Director of Community Engagement. And uh, I'm thinking that because we're into December, Jay Happala, that uh, holiday scams are probably on the agenda. Uh, Is it the same old scam or is there something new that's happening that's dealing with Santa Claus itself? Well, there's always something new. I don't know if we got to look out for old St. Nick coming down your chimney or anything like that. But the scammers, they take a special focus this time of year because they know whether you're ready for holiday season or not, it's here. (laughs) So there's no ho-ho-ho scam. (laughs) Well, maybe you and I can think one up. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that'll be the new thing. Tell us about the Fraud Watch (laughs) Network. What do you do? Yeah, so at AARP, we listen to our members, we listen to the public, we know people are concerned about identity theft, we know they're concerned about scams, so we set up this hotline, and folks can call in and get help if they need some help navigating all these different kind of scams that are coming to their email inbox, they're coming over the phone, they're coming uh, to their mailbox out on the curb and we help people figure it out we give them help and we're and we're doing research on all of these scams so we can understand it and stay a step ahead of the con artists uh we just did a survey that was focused on the holiday season and fraud and we did some we focus on online shopping because that's what folks are doing we focus on gift cards because those are a big risk for for all of us um and we focus on some charity scams as well Wow. So can you break it down for us? What, uh, you know, I'm not too cheerful right now. <laughs> no. no, we're just giving people the information that, so they can have uh, a happy holidays instead of a crappy holidays. So um, it's all the information that empowers us. So um, when it comes to online shopping, our survey found that 35% of people in the United States have experienced fraud when they're looking at online ads. So, Shopping online is, it can be, it's safe, but when you see these pop-up ads that show up on your phone or your computer screen, that's where um, the fraud is happening. So be just be aware of those pop-up ads that you don't recognize. You know the websites that you go to to shop, and you can use those safely. But watch out for those strange ads that pop up. Um, the kind of companies you haven't seen before, never heard of before, even though the deal looks good, it's probably too good to be true. Uh, so you're saying don't uh, don't click on those things that just kind of pop up when you're looking for something else. Right. If you're browsing online or especially on social media, you're scrolling through and all of a sudden you see something that looks pretty cool and it looks like a great deal. But, you know, those pop up ads that just pop up on your screen that you're not looking for, those are probably too good to be true. You know, uh, we're talking with Jay Hapala. He, he is a part of the Fraud Watch Network with AARP. Uh, Miss Helfinger, my wife, will tell me that uh, if you see something that looks interesting, especially when you're on Facebook, don't click on it on Facebook. Is that a good rule of thumb? 
That's pretty good advice. There's not a lot of scrutiny or, you know, sort of checks and balances for who's posting what on social media, whether it's you, me, or some scammer who's trying to, you know, collect everyone's credit card number and their personal information. What about the gift card scams? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, we're spending billions of dollars on gift cards, and it's safe to give gift cards to use gift cards, but people just need to realize that there's not consumer protection. So once your money goes on to that gift card, if if someone steals it, if you lose it, you're not getting that money back. It's not the same thing of, as having money on your debit card or your credit card. Um, and, folks, this time of year, you just got to be cautious about purchasing the gift cards in the stores. So, you know, the criminals, they have ways of going to the racks and they scratch off the back of the gift card and they get the information off of it. So just be careful if you're buying gift cards if they haven't been tampered with in the store. Wow. We're 20, talk- in fact, 26% of adults have had bought a gift card that didn't have any money on it. What? Yeah, about a quarter of people say that they bought a gift card and turns out there was no money on it. Oh, no. And that's buying the card right there from the store. Yeah, that's the that's the risky way that people are ending up with these gift cards that don't have money. Because on those big racks and the big stores, the cards might have been tampered with. So is there a safe way to purchase a gift card? Yeah, if you can, you know, deal directly with the retailer instead of going to those big racks, you can deal directly with the retailer. Or even if you can trust the website and buy them online, you know that they haven't been tampered with by someone who just comes on into the store and starts scratching off the (laughs) back of the gift card. You also mentioned charity scams. This is a time when people are donating and fundraising and all the rest of it. Tell, Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's a great part of our culture here in Minnesota and across the country that we give to charity. Um, But the dang scammers are getting in the way and they are coming up with these fake charities. So, you know, the bottom line when it comes to giving to charity is just deal with the people you know. Even though you might see an ad advertisement that really pulls on your heartstrings, you got to do your research and not just, you know, click on the link or call the phone number just because they've... Uh, sort of captured your emotions we got to do our research about these charities charities that we're given to so can you put a holiday bow on all of this jay see what i did there so (laughs) hey yes with online shopping with gift card scams charity scams what is your general message to folks who are listening to you today about uh, protecting themselves and their hard-earned money Yes, sir. And, you know, whether it's holiday season or tax season or who knows what season, the scammers are always out there. And there's a lot of money for them to steal from, you know, people who are working really hard out there to just have a little bit to get by. And so it's unfortunate in our times that we have to be so cautious. But a little bit of information goes a long way. So if you just spend this time listening to the radio this morning thinking about fraud and how you can protect yourself and how you can protect your loved ones, then, you know, stay educated. And, and you can go to our Fraud Watch Network. It's online, aarp.org slash Fraud Watch Network. And you can find out about the next scams what they when they come up with them, and you'll make sure you don't, you know, get involved in any of those either. All right. Do you have a final thought for us this morning, Jay Hapala? Have a Merry Christmas, Freddie. How about that? Rather than a crappy holiday. That's right. Happy holidays instead of crappy holidays. All right. Thank you so much. We always uh, 
I want to say we enjoy coming, but you bring bad news, but you also give us hope, too. <laughs> we can there get out of some of this stuff. It's like how the Grinch has a happy ending, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thanks so much for being with us, Jay. How about if we have a little fun right now? In an informal study by a blogger, we know which keyboard key we hit the most. Care to guess? It's the backspace key. In the study, the backspace key made up of almost 9% of all keystrokes, about 9 presses for every 100 strokes we make. You want to fight sleepiness? Coffee works for both young and middle-aged people, but napping is more efficient in younger people. A sleep clinic in France had people drive 120 miles in the evening. Then they drove the same distance between 2 and 3.30 a.m. after having either a cup of coffee or a cup of decaffeinated coffee or a 30-minute nap. Those who got the decaf saw a big increase in driving problems such as crossing lane lines. While coffee and a nap both showed better results, the younger drivers saw more benefits from snoozing. Just thought you'd like to know. After no office party for two years, uh, my uh, your neighbor says his company is throwing one again. But it's not like it used to be. Pre-pandemic, the company rented out a small banquet room at a hotel, had a buffet, an open bar, and gifts for employees and spouses. It's 2022, and well, the office party will be an ongoing event at the office starting at 11.30 this Friday. Food in the break room, a pile of identical gifts under a tree, meaning the first person to open theirs ruins it for everyone. And everyone will continue to work the rest of the day as normal. But you can take breaks anytime they need more non-alcoholic punch or semi-warm meatballs. How has your workplace holiday office party evolved? And I'm not guaranteeing this will catapult your child to the head of the class, but a survey of a few years back concluded that a high-achieving A student had two things in common with each other that students who got C and D grades don't. They eat breakfast four or more times a week, and they read books for pleasure, not just for homework. And finally, in the U.K., police responded to a report of smoke coming from an apartment balcony. When police got there, they found a man grilling something. When they asked him what he was doing, he explained that he was barbecuing his laptop computer, which was too slow. Just for fun, and I'm Freddie Bell. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. In today's world, we really need words of encouragement. Introducing Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Let your mind be opened by the wisdom of thought. Let the inspiration of the words feed your mind, body, and spirit. Regardless of the issues you face each day, Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell can help you power through. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell, a handy reference. Available on Amazon, freddiebell.com, and Barnes & Noble. 
rippleconnects.com, connecting you to your better future. Hi, I'm Joe McKenzie, founder of Ripple Connects and trainer of Ripple Effect Networking. Establishing and maintaining a strong professional network is critical to you and your organization's success. My techniques will help you stand out so you can create new sales opportunities, develop and sustain meaningful connections, grow your franchise or small business. If you want to schedule Joe McKenzie to speak to your organization, email me, joe.mckenzie at rippleconnects.com. Your network plus my techniques equals more success for you. This is a news-oriented broadcast, and all information is educational in nature is not intended to be legal, securities, tax, or insurance advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional before acting on information heard during the broadcast. You're listening to New Beginnings. New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. Now it's my favorite time of the program when we turn our attention to talk finance with Libel Sternbach. Libel is an amazing author. He is the Amazon best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel, welcome back to the program. So glad to have you on New Beginnings. How are you this week? Hey, how are you doing today? I'm really excited. And uh, the last time we were together, you gave us a lot of food for thought and uh, an insight in how uh, we can maneuver our money as if we're really, really uh, well-heeled and really have a lot of money to, to work with. And as we're talking about Roth conversions this week, can you just uh, reacquaint us with what a Roth conversion is and, and maybe the steps you can take to make a Roth conversion happen? Yeah, so, so a Roth conversion, very simply put, is a two-step process. Step one is we make a distribution from our retirement account. So this would be your traditional IRA or your traditional 401k. Step two is we then put it into something called a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. Um, and generally, the way this is done is as one step with your whoever has custody of your assets, right? whatever bank you're at, whatever brokerage firm, they'll, you'll fill out some forms and they're going to do it. But it's important to note that from a tax perspective, these are two separate steps that are happening. So what happens is you take that money out of that traditional IRA account, and that becomes taxed, and we now have to pay ordinary income on that. And then step two is it gets deposited into this Roth account as a conversion. It's important that it gets coded as a conversion because a contribution has different rules than a conversion. And when it gets converted, what happens is it can now grow tax-free, and when we take the money out, we don't have to pay taxes on it. Um, unlike in our brokerage account, where we uh, pay taxes when we sell the assets in our Roth account, we don't pay taxes when we sell those assets, so we can buy and trade, and we don't worry about you know tax consequences there. And when we take the money out, we don't worry about tax consequences, but... There is a caveat, and that caveat is, there's actually two caveats. Caveat number one is that we have to pay taxes when we do the conversion, and caveat number two is we have to let it sit in that Roth account and marinate for five or more years. And the reason for that is simple. If, that, if Congress is going to give us this benefit of letting us accumulate our money tax-free and take it out tax-free, they want to make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons. They want to make sure that we are doing this for retirement and that this is actually going to be something that helps our economy, helps our country as a whole, and not just a tax dodge, right? The purpose is, is that you're going to have more money in retirement. You're going to be able to support yourself better. You won't be uh, you know, a strain on the public purse. So we give you these tax benefits. Um, so that, in a nutshell, is what a Roth conversion is. So just to summarize again, right, it's 
you take your money out of your Roth account or you transfer your money from your traditional IRA account into a Roth account. You pay income tax on the amount that you uh, move over and then you hold it there for five years. And then at that point, it becomes tax free. Um, that, that in a nutshell is a Roth conversion. On his face with that definition, it sounds as if a lot of people are getting into trouble because they're not following the process properly, not knowing the different conversion options. Is that something that you see a lot in your practice? Yes. So I I especially see this with the do-it-yourselfers or with financial advisors who don't really understand uh, tax consequences of things. So they every financial advisor to get your license, you know, you got to have some tax knowledge. Um, but they're generally speaking, most financial advisors are not experts in taxes. They don't really understand how the tax system works. They understand the basics, but you know, not the nitty gritty. And so here is the nitty gritty that can really make the difference, right? This is, this is again, why the wealthy pay so much money for accountants and they don't use TurboTax to do their taxes. <laughs> it's because knowing the nuances of the rules is where you can really make money. So one of these nuances that the rich take advantage of is that you get taxed on the fair market value of the assets you transfer, okay? The now, fair market value. Yeah, the fair market value of what you transfer, of what you convert. So now the traditional, right, the, the, the vast majority of people, the way they do a Roth conversion, the way that most people want you to do a Roth conversion because it's easy, is they will just convert the cash. So they sell everything in your IRA, and then they convert it to cash, and they sell transfer the cash, right? It makes it super easy, super simple, but it is not tax efficient, right? What is tax efficient is look in your account, look for the positions that have gotten beaten up, right? There is always, there is always something in your account that has lost value. And then when something is lost value, right, on the day that it's lost value, where it's gone down 5%, it's gone down 10%, 20%, right, convert that position, just that position, over into your Roth account. And when you do that conversion, right, what do you pay taxes on? You pay taxes on the fair market value for that position when you did the transfer, when you did the conversion, right? So if it's been beaten up because of one day the market went down and you transfer it, you get to capture that 20% loss. You get a 20% savings on your Roth conversion, right? That can be huge. And if you're strategic and you do this at the right time and you do it frequently, you can really save money on your Roth conversion. So I think the, the biggest thing, the biggest mistake, right, is that people don't do that. Now, the flip side, the other reason, forget about saving money, right? The other reason why you should want to do that is that, you need to remain invested in the market, right? The, the number one rule about investing is that you want to be invested, right? Unless you have a very good reason, right? And part of your strategy is moving in and out of the market. For the vast majority of people, you need to be in the market for the days when it goes up and the days when it goes down. Because if you're not in the market, then you're going to miss out on those days where it goes up 5% and it goes up 10%. And that will really hurt your long-term returns. So how do you make sure that you're invested? When you do this Roth conversion, if you're doing in cash, it can take three days. It can take a week. It can take two weeks for the assets to move over for you to be able to buy the buy into the, your new positions, right? One that's happening while that transfer is happening, you're missing out all those market returns. So, but however, if you transfer the actual stock, the actual bond, the actual ETF, right? You transfer the actual position then it doesn't matter what happens in the market because you're still participating in the market. Even though your stock shares are in the mail, 
it doesn't matter because you still own those shares. And so the price is going to be your price when it finishes converting. And so that's very important. Now, your, your accountant's not going to thank you for doing this because it's a little more complicated. Your advisor's not going to thank you for doing this because it's a little more complicated, but it's going to save you and make you a lot more money. So are there alerts that will help this investor to know uh, how to time the market? That's what it sounds like you're talking about so they can sell those shares or invest where it's proper? Yeah, so there there is a, it, it is a funny way of putting it, but yeah, we are timing the market from a tax perspective, not from an investment perspective, right? Okay. okay. Uh, so yeah, you very much want to time the market when it comes to when do you take out distributions, when do you harvest gains and losses and take advantage of those opportunities, um, or when you de-risk your portfolio. You very much want to time it. Um, so having said that, yes, there are alerts. Um, but let's be realistic, right? The the strategies that work the best, right, are ones that are automated. So either it's automated in the sense that you have a machine that's doing it for you, or you have, you know, a, a set time and day every single month, every single year that you take a look at these and you harvest these opportunities, right? So that if you know, okay, once a quarter, I'm looking for these and I'm going to take these opportunities, right? Then you don't worry about, okay, well, I missed an opportunity mid-quarter, right? What matters is, is that, you know, you got it four times a year, right? Or maybe for you, you, you know, December is the time that you do it. It doesn't matter how frequently you do it. Obviously, if you can do it every single day, that'll be good. But, you know, for most people, you can't. Um, and in there, there's evidence that it may not actually be beneficial to do it every single day. Um, but <laughs> once a quarter, once a year, take a time or hire an advisor and make it, you know, make sure it's part of their curriculum to do this. But you want to you want it on the calendar. So, Lipo, talk about how a Roth conversion can have an impact on your taxes. So a Roth conversion has two impacts on your taxes, right? And so a lot of people, right, the, the immediate impact on your taxes is all the money that you convert is going to be taxed as ordinary income. So this means that let's say, you know, let's say you were, you know, you had $50,000 of income this year and you convert $100,000 you're now going to get taxed as if you earned $150,000 this year, mm. right? And so that can easily bump you up into a higher tax bracket. But not only that, something that I think people don't really realize is, you know, let's say, let's say you're, you, have you make $100,000 a year, right? You're not paying taxes on $100,000 because we have, you know, exclusions. So right now, you know, it's like $28,000 and, you know, changes – um, but you know, that first level of income, the first amount doesn't, you don't get taxed. There are, you know, if you're making contributions to your retirement account, that gets taken off the top. There's all these uh, deductions, exclusions, and credits that reduce the amount of taxes you actually pay. So when it's all said and done, your effective tax rate is a lot lower than your tax bracket. Now here's the problem, right? If you're not, if you're not savvy and you don't really look at the numbers, when you do that Roth conversion, you can easily be thinking, oh, well, I'm going to max out the 12% tax bracket. I'm going to max out my current tax bracket. When in reality, not only are you, you know, pushing yourself up way beyond, you know, that, that tax bracket, but you're pushing yourself into the next tax bracket. Or you're paying a lot more taxes than you have to because you're, you should be looking at and counting on your deductions and your exclusions and these other things that affects your tax rate. So you want to be very careful, Right when you do these conversions, because it's going to be ordinary income. So it's going to be, you're going to be paying a much higher rate um, on, uh, on, on the conversion than you would on your ordinary income that, 
that you're used to, right? Um, technically, it's just ordinary income, but let's be realistic, right? None of us really understand, other than people like me who are nerds and geek out on this stuff. We don't understand the tax code and really how we pay taxes. We just pay the bill at the end of the year. <laughs> um, so you want to make sure to work with someone who, who geeks out on all these numbers and can help you maximize those, you know, uh, the tax efficiency. So you're paying the least amount in taxes. Makes a lot of sense. So with regard to taxes, is it a good idea to use your IRA funds then to pay for the taxes or should you find some other outside funds to do that? So the traditional advice is don't use your IRA funds to pay for taxes because then you're kind of compounding your losses. Because not only are you losing money by paying taxes on the conversion, but then you're reducing your, you know, your savings even further by paying these taxes, right? So you're, you're compounding your losses. Um, having said that, though, there are times where it's going to have such an enormous benefit by doing those Roth conversions up front that it doesn't really matter where the money is coming from. What matters is, is that the money later on is going to be tax-free, and you want to take advantage of this low tax rate year that you're in. Right. So, for instance, if somebody lost their job, right, and now they're, you know, they're not earning any income, right? Well, we can do a huge amount of conversions at a very, very low rate that they're probably not going to experience. Um, also, um, I see this, uh, you know, kind of frequently is you have these blue collar millionaires, right, where, you know, they were working 30, they made 30, 40,000 dollars a year for their entire life, but they've accumulated a million, two million dollars in their IRA accounts. Mm. And, because all of their wealth is concentrated in their IRA accounts, when RMD's time comes and the Congress says we got to be taking these required minimum distributions from our, from our accounts, it's going to push them into such a high tax bracket by the time they're, you know, 75, 80, that it's worthwhile to do the conversions up front because if not, they're going to get slammed on the back end. So we need to, you know, uh, they're going to get slammed on the back end in taxes. They're going to be, you know, in the, you know, paying 20, 30, 40% effective tax taxes, um, which is going to completely destroy their ability to stay retired. So for people like that, yeah, we very much want to do those conversions up front and we don't care where we're paying it from because essentially we're trying to ensure our financial future and we need to reduce those required minimum distributions. But the math is different for everyone. Libel, unfortunately, we're out of time. If you like more information about what you've just heard about Roth conversions, go to yields4u.com. That's yields, the number four, the letter u.com. And remember, you can also pick up the book, Living with Financial Anxiety, or the book, Authenticity. I'm Freddie Bell, and more New Beginnings is straight ahead. Here are today's words to the wise. It's time for a fresh start. Here are today's words to the wise. It's time for a fresh start. You can find these words and more in my brand new book entitled Words to the Wise, available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll be right back.
RippleConnects.com, connecting you to your better future. Hi, I'm Joe McKenzie, founder of Ripple Connects and trainer of Ripple Effect Networking. Establishing and maintaining a strong professional network is critical to you and your organization's success. My techniques will help you stand out so you can create new sales opportunities, develop and sustain meaningful connections, grow your franchise or small business. If you want to schedule Joe McKenzie to speak to your organization, email me, joe.mckenzie at rippleconnects.com. Your network plus my techniques equals more success for you. You're listening to New Beginnings. New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. And joining us right now is our career expert, Mr. Joe McKenzie. We've been side-by-side side at this microphone for quite some time. He's here today to talk about a wonderful topic. But first, Joe McKenzie, tell us about Ripple Connects. Well, Freddie Bell, Ripple Connects is the company that I founded a number of years ago to help people reinvent, recalibrate their careers. And we do that through very specific methods. And sometimes, Freddie, even just having a conversation with someone can set them in the right direction. There's so many resources out there that I'm honored to be able to talk to the New Beginnings listeners about some actionable steps that they could take this weekend on in regards to what's the next step and what is the new beginning in their career. That's a wonderful thing. And that leads us to... Our conversation today, you're talking about conversations, holiday season yes. conversations. And uh, when, he, when you're talking about holiday conversations, you're not talking about uh, did you hang the mistletoe? Uh, what do the ornaments look like? What are you ex- exactly talking about? Well, I think the holidays traditionally, you know, are a time for to reconnect with people. They are a time to reconnect with your diverse network nodes of people. And what I mean by that is it could be your former colleagues, it could be your faith organization, people you volunteer with, your own company, friends, families, brother-in-laws, all different conversations that, yeah, are going to evolve with, hey, what have you been up to? How have you been? And I do see this as a informal way to kind of plant seeds with the people that know you, that love you, that want to champion you. And I can't think of a better opportunity in any given year is the holiday season when we see so many different people uh, in in different walks of our lives to kind of springboard our, our job search for 2023 by maybe planting seeds now in the next couple of weeks as we go through the New Year's. We're going to see a lot of different people, Freddie. I think it's uh, beneficial to someone that knows us, to know what we're thinking, but also to benefit us who might be looking to make a change in 20, 2023, Freddie. Interesting. So as you're talking about the holiday conversations do you think uh, with the Minnesota nice and the Midwestern mentality that uh, people might be off put by someone talking about their career and their career aspirations around a glass of eggnog? I don't think so. I think Minnesotans like to reconnect, catch up. And if you're truly around people that know you, your greater network, your, your people you volunteer with that, and you've worked with, I think they'd want to know how you are. They, they ask those questions. And I'm not saying make this, make your career dominate any conversation. I say plant seeds and set up maybe some more, more formal or sit downs maybe after the holidays. But I don't think so, Freddie, if it, if it doesn't dominate the conversation. If you simply come across and say, Hey, Freddie, I'm looking to make some career moves in 2023. Uh, in my case, I would like to, uh, consider opportunities with larger nonprofits, maybe on the community development side. So if you know anybody in that area, certainly uh, pass my name along that I'm looking to make a move. And it could be, Freddie, it could be as simple as that. That could be the conversation, right? 
So that, that, just, that doesn't overwhelm the holidays, right? No, it doesn't. So you're just as as you're passing the peas, you say, you know what? Uh, you know these peas make me think about how what we're trying to do is progress and perform and really uh, perceive our customers' differences, and that's what we're doing in 2023. Exactly. Exactly. That that's. I think it's uh, the opportunities are there, but we're you know we're Minnesotans. Uh, we're happy to see each other. We're coming out of the pandemics where a lot of people are getting together maybe for the first time in some years. And here, here's an opportunity to plant those seeds. And, uh, I don't think it's being, uh, I, I think you're still being mindful by bringing it up in a conversation. And you do that, you know, with the people that you know and trust. You don't tell everybody that, but the ones that you know and trust, why, why wouldn't they want to know what you're trying to do? They want to help you. And even if you just give them some clarifications on what you're looking for, you know, maybe that's just the setup for that next coffee meeting after the holidays are over. So this seems like this would be a perfect time of the year as you go into 2023. Yeah, and I've talked about this with you for several years that traditionally the first quarter of each year is the strongest hiring months where budgets open up, new product lines. There's a lot of a lot of moving pieces to this, but traditionally January, February, March are when companies do a lot of their hiring. And so here we talk about December and being ready for that first quarter to maybe make a move. This is a perfect opportunity because the traditional strongest hiring months are just ahead. The traditional hiring months are just ahead. So how would you suggest that someone prepare for the first quarter of next year? Well, along with... um, getting into conversations and allowing, taking the steps now for your name to be mentioned in conversations within your, your network, you know, look at how do you prepare, look at, start taking inventory of the diverse touch points in your network. I think, you know, now that you're speaking with people, you're going to see f- family and friends, you're going to see former colleagues whom you volunteer with, start taking inventory of who your bench of advocates are. And that is a great setup for, uh, the hiring months ahead, because really what Freddie, the step that you're taking in getting it out in the universe by saying something is that you're also having a conversation about what you want to do. You actually start taking um, stock of what you've accomplished and how you went about it. When I've talked about, you know, how do you interview, you know, you talk about, you know, knowing what your star stories are, you know, what, what accomplishments you have, Engaging with your bench of advocates in the first month of 2023 is going to be a great step for you to set the tone for a lot of the things that are coming down the pike. And that's, that's, that's how I would begin to prepare and just use this opportunity in the holidays with these conversations to springboard that and set up your January with uh, more formal conversations over a cup of coffee. Joe, remind me of what the star conversations are. Start conversations. When, when someone asks you behavioral based interview questions, they're asking you, tell me a time that your team accomplished X. And really what you're trying to do with the star is just describe the situation that you're in, what you're working in, how big a team, uh, working remotely, uh, what you were tasked to do or what your team was tasked to do. And, and, and then move on to the accomplishments of that team or your individual accomplishments. And then tie in the results so you can say, therefore, we were able to launch that website three months ahead of time because of that, because of the actions that we took. 
the star is just a well-known method that's out there in the out there on the internet and if you can just google star method it just helps frame your your accomplishments and it gives you a very con- clear concise way to answer those questions because you really don't want to take 15 minutes to answer a question you want to take less than 5 minutes to set that up because really you want to pique the curiosity of that interview for you know and they say something like well tell tell me a little bit more about how you came in under budget and on time now now you've set that up right and that's just simply the star method and uh, it's widely recognized, but it's also the best way today to answer behavioral-based interview questions in 2023. It makes me think about when you talk about holiday season conversations, that maybe I need to have uh, a 30-second elevator pitch that I talk to someone uh, with as I'm passing the, the guacamole for some chips or something like that. Yes, you should be comfortable asking for what you want. And who, you know, what are some next steps? And if you give people actionable steps, like, you know, who do you know that might be able to introduce me to someone in that, that mid-sized nonprofit arena? Now you, now that, that can be part of your 30 second, second, uh, delivery because you're giving them actionable steps. And most people that know and love us want to champion us, want to do right by us. So it, within that 30, 60 minute second, 60 second uh, elevator pitch mm-hmm. you want to make sure you want to you let them know how they can help you too that makes a lot of sense and so we're just about out of time but can you give us three things we should be doing this weekend in preparation for the first quarter and for those holiday conversations start taking inventory of the t- different touch points that you're going to have here in the coming weeks through the first of the year and all the different settings that you're going to be in the reconnection times that you're with your with your friends, family, colleagues, faith organization, volunteers, start to think about who you want to uh, seek out to, to, to plant that seed with. That That's first and foremost. But also know what you want to tell them. You can't just say, I want a new job in 2023. You want to give them sp- some specifics. And most importantly, Freddie, give them some actionable steps that they can help you so they drive away with you on the top of their mind, thinking about who they connect. they can connect you to. Well said. That's Joe McKenzie, the founder of Ripple Connects. His website is rippleconnects.com. You can reach him by phone if you like, 763-438-1621. And Joe McKenzie, you continue to do fantastic work at Ripple Connects. Thank you, Freddie Bell. We turn candidates into contenders. You're listening to New Beginnings. It is a show called New Beginnings, and thank you so much for being with us. And it's time for It Happened This Week. In 1961, the Beatles performed at the Cavern Club Liverpool, playing two shows at lunchtime, then again at night. Decca Records' Mike Smith attended the show and offered the Beatles a recording contract. Also with the Beatles, George Harrison in 1974 became the first rock star to visit the White House. He was there by imitation from then-President Ford's son, Jack. And finally, David Crosby and Graham Nash played a benefit concert for the United Farm Workers and Project Jonah. And in 2012, the Rolling Stones played their final 50 and counting show of the year. The event at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey was carried live as a pay-per-view TV special. Bruce Springsteen, the Black Keys, Guy Clark Jr., John Mayer, and Lady Gaga made guest appearances. The band also played a tribute to the victims of the Newtown, Connecticut school shooting, which occurred a day earlier. It happened this week. 
and you're listening to New Beginnings. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. If you're ready to reinvent, recalibrate, or retool your career, Ripple Connects can help. Visit rippleconnects.com. We work one-on-one with our clients in a safe, collaborative fashion designed to significantly improve the likelihood of landing the ideal engagement. Take control of your job search and create your ideal future. Engage with Ripple Connects where we turn candidates into contenders. Go to rippleconnects.com. In today's world, we really need words of encouragement. Introducing Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Let your mind be opened by the wisdom of thought. Let the inspiration of the words feed your mind, body, and spirit. Regardless of the issues you face each day, Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell can help you power through. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell, a handy reference. Available on Amazon, freddiebell.com, and Barnes & Noble. It's now time to welcome the Reverend James Stacy at Unity South Twin Cities. They have two services each week at 9 a.m. and at 10.30. The first is interactive and the second service a more traditional service. We now join the Reverend James Stacy as he begins a lesson entitled, Unity, the Wonder Drug. We join that service already in progress. Our fifth step prescription then is to motivate and inspire your own giving behavior by looking for individuals to relate to and for proof of the impact of your giving, your altruism. And they suggest the simplest way to get both of those conditions is to serve others in your own community. In your own community. When you give in your own circle, your own community, you can see the impact of your good. Take, for example, our spiritual community here at Unity South. When you give to a project, it may be just two or three people. But bam, we've already accomplished something. A new roof has been put on the building. New activities are possible. By the gift of just a couple of people, we were able to go online with all the equipment necessary to do a nice production for people to watch our services online. People could see the impact of their gift. Now we need a sixth step in our prescription to help others. Researchers define elevation as an emotional state, a feeling of uplift that comes about when you witness others' moral excellence, heroism, or virtuous acts. If you see a live-to-giver in action, you will get a warm, pleasurable sensation 
and the sudden motivation to serve others yourself. In this, you have been elevated. Two University of Cambridge studies showed that this elevation is a fact fast-acting inspiration for helping behavior. In the first experiment, elevation-induced participants, that is, they have been shown something that elevated, that lifted, that inspired them. These participants were more likely to sign on to participate in another unpaid research study compared to those who were in the control group that were given no inspiration. And in their second study, the pre-elevated, the inspired participants, spent twice as long helping someone do a tedious task compared to the control, control group. A UCLA study showed a video to three groups. One video called The Unsung Hero, which is on YouTube and has been viewed so far by 109 million people, shows a young man performing altruistic acts. A second video was shown to the participants that showed a young person doing urban sports. A third video showed a commuter train of bored passengers. Finally, the participants were given $5 for being in the study, and the envelopes were made available for anyone who wanted to contribute to UCLA's Children's Hospital. Those who watched the unsung hero, the altruistic young man, gave far more to the hospital. Some of their envelopes were stuffed with cash, much more than the $5 they were given for being in the study. Your step six prescription is to model moral excellence in service to others and intentionally gravitate toward people and organizations who do the same. Be careful selecting who you associate with in both your professional and personal life. For those of you that attended yesterday's celebration of life for Loretta, you will recognize one of her life principles here. Put yourself around people who inspire you, who elevate you. Finally, our step seven action is to know your power. To know your power. Our researchers found when people have suffered, their empathy grows. They know that bad things do happen and that suffering is erased by receiving and giving compassion and support. When people turn their suffering into purpose through helping others, it's called post-traumatic growth. University of North Carolina psychologists define this as positive change as the result of a bad experience. They noted it nearly always includes greater appreciation for life and relationships, seeing new possibilities and purposes in life, 
greater understanding of personal strengths, and increased compassion and altruism. This sounds like unity principles for learning and growing through hardships, through challenges. Or what we often call the golden key, that technique to look through the problem, look beyond the obstacle to the possibilities. Because it is the power of the possibilities that will pull you forward, not focusing on the problem, that will just get you down and create frustration. Our step seven prescription is to discover and know our power. Being empathetic, compassionate, grateful, caring, and kind are a human being's greatest strengths. But only if we use them. Only if we use them. So don't delay. Well, I invite you to be sure to take your little handout home and look at those seven steps and see how you might activate them. Remember that first one, start small. It's not necessary to overhaul your life. It's just necessary to start now with a simple, compassionate action. So let us now go for a moment into the silence and just take one of these steps. As you close your eyes, feel the peace of our gathering. You're in a safe place. You're with a gathering of people that see the truth in you, that see the highest good in you. You're well supported here. I ask you to visualize someone or an organization or project in your life that you could choose to take a compassionate action to assist that individual, that organization, that community project. See yourself doing that. Now, what does it feel like? Does your heart feel a little more open? Your mind a little more expansive? Our show continues, and did you know today is National Make Up Your Mind Day? December 31st, New Year's Eve, encourages us to quit wavering, to take a side, and to follow through with the decision and stick to it. As New Year's Eve resolutions go, this may be the day to decide which ones to declare. The day may also be used to determine other decisions as well. Career changes, family decisions, and large purchases often keep us from moving forward. We waver between multiple choices or sometimes a simple yes or no. While some life-altering decisions are made on a whim, most people deliberate and weigh the pros and cons before making these types of decisions. If a decision has you hesitating, make a decision. This day is an incentive to make a choice. It's National Make Up Your Mind Day.
That's our show, and thanks to our special guests for stopping by and sharing information that we hope can change lives. If you missed any of today's show, you can subscribe to our podcast or just Google Freddie Bell or stop by my website of the same name. Thanks for listening, and remember that each day is a chance for a new beginning. See you next week.